This is the 200 Churches Podcast, Episode 90. What we're talking about are people drinking out of rivers and puddles. Uh, No money for two days of food, let alone three. We're talking about people that do not have uh, resources to combat the uh, impact of Ebola. Thank you for listening to the 200 Churches Podcast, which is all about pastors of small churches. If you are a small church pastor or leader, this podcast is for you. Each and every Wednesday, we deliver another episode specifically designed to bring ministry encouragement to pastors of small churches. Now here are two guys who serve and lead in a 200 church, Jeff and Johnny. Johnny, this is an important episode. Normally we start out with humor, we're laughing and goofing around. Yeah. But today we finally caught up with a guy named Mike Mantell, and Mike has uh, been for four years the CEO of Living Water International. And for those of you listening, Living Water International, you can find it at water.cc. So easy, water.cc. We've been trying to catch up with Mike now for weeks, yeah. and Mike's organization is doing a lot of work in Africa, in the nations that are being Liberia, confronted with the Ebola Sierra outbreak. Leone, yeah. So uh, share with our listeners just for a minute what he's doing and why this episode is so important. This is my honest, honest to goodness. We've done episodes, and I've thought this is my favorite episode. This is the best episode. This is the most important episode. Yeah, I'll say that. I, I mean, for a time right now, this moment, this is not our most evergreen episode, certainly, but this is our most important episode that I think we've ever done. Mike uh, talked to us this again. He's the CEO of Living Water International, and he talked to us about the efforts that they have in place on the ground in Sierra Leone, in Liberia, right in these countries that have been affected. And uh, he talked about how they partner with churches, how they partner with other NGOs, how they're doing grassroots on the ground stuff. And he said some things to me that blew my mind. Like, I didn't realize that you could just kill Ebola with soap. Like, I I guess it makes sense. It's a virus. But I guess it didn't dawn on me because we hear Ebola, you know, and it's like, it's obviously such a terrible thing. And with soap and chlorine, you can kill the virus. I mean, it's incredible. And so they're just doing basic work, helping people learn how to take care of themselves, hygiene, how clean water plays a role in all of this. And so he talks about the problem and then also gives some some ways that the church and that you as pastors can help uh, to take to take on this issue of Ebola. And some of those are easier than others, but I think that all of them are important. You know, in the same way that we've been trying to be adapters for pastors of small churches, taking what, you know, large churches do or what we hear at conferences and bringing it down into our context. If you have been hearing about Ebola, you if you're like us, you've been watching it on the news, and you think to yourself, you know, what what can I do? And and so you don't even bother to look into it anymore. You see maybe news stories of it online and you right. don't you don't click on it because it's it's overwhelming, it's too big. You know, the United States is sending 3,000 troops. We, I don't have to worry about it. And and after all, there's not anything we can do. So this episode, we bring this problem of the Ebola outbreak in Africa and the devastating effects it's having on communities there. We bring it right to you, and we, we, we're going to hand it to you in a way that you can do something about it right from your desk, from your pulpit, uh, f- with your church family. You can actually be a part of of joining with the church around the world to make a difference, to lessen the severity, and and who knows, maybe even eradicate this thing before long. So our podcast, it, it's 
geared toward pastors of small churches. But this episode, if you're a normal listener, uh, stick with it. You need to listen to this. And I, and I imagine we're going to have some listeners who are not pastors of small churches who just saw this, picked it up somewhere, and are listening to it. Thanks so much for listening. This is such an important, important thing for us to think about, learn about, educate ourselves about, and then take action on. So thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we hope that our conversation with Mike uh, is helpful for you. And if we don't normally do this, but please share this episode. Share it. Tweet it out, share it on Facebook, share it on whatever social media that you have. Yeah. And because for anybody, it gives us a place and a group, an organization that's got that's got the the wherewithal to take our resources and to really use them to their fullest potential. So here's our conversation with the CEO of Living Water International, Mike Mantell. We're here today with Mike Mantell. Mike is from Living Water International, somewhere down in that little tucked-in state of Texas in southern United States. I think states. I've heard of that once. Yeah. yeah. Well, I Johnny, I've been there, but only on the ground in Houston, you know, for connecting flight. Uh, but uh, Mike, you said that you know if you haven't been to Texas, just wait. It's only a matter of time, right? <laughs> it is only a matter of time. Texas is the fastest growing state in the union. Wow, wow. I didn't know that. That's impressive. You know, they, yeah. they, they probably ought to send us a president or two one of these days, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a few uh, teed up, so. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I like that. They're teed up, huh? That's good. Sounds about right. Well, Mike, your your uh um your administrative assistant contacted us and talked to us about uh having you share with the pastors who listen to us uh some ways that we as small churches can help. And I think this has to do with the Ebola outbreak in Africa. But I'm woefully short on information, so I'm gonna play a listener who's never heard of you before. Well, thank you, uh, Jeff and Johnny. Uh, it is a privilege to talk with you and through you to pastors uh, throughout the United States and beyond. Uh, Living Water International exists to uh, help communities access clean water and to experience the living water, the gospel of Jesus Christ, which we all know satisfies our deepest thirst. We are down here in Houston, Texas. We're in a little town uh, right across the city border in Stafford. We've been here uh, for about 24 years, and we currently operate in 23 countries around the world, uh, focusing in India, uh, 15 countries in Africa, uh, Central America, Mexico, Peru, and also Haiti. Our focus is water access, sanitation and hygiene, and we do our work primarily with and through uh, local churches wherever we work. Uh, we've been uh, uh, drilling water wells uh, since our inception. Uh, this year, we will complete uh, 14,751 total water wells since inception. We uh, share water because water is the fundamental intervention in human development. And when you link the provision of water with sharing the gospel of a living water, uh, lives are saved and transformed, uh, not only now, but uh, for eternity. And you're absolutely right. Uh, my colleague here uh, in the office wanted to uh, ask you folks to help us share about the impact that Ebola is having um, 
on people in West Africa, specifically Liberia and Sierra Leone. Living Water has been operating in uh, Liberia for the last 10 years and Sierra Leone for the last seven years. Um, Ebola, as I'm sure um, all of our listeners are aware, is, is devastating those two countries. And there's also an impact beyond, certainly in Guyana, um, to some degree in Nigeria. Uh, there's been a case or two in uh, Senegal. And um, some of our uh, expats, American expats, have been infected um, and have been brought back to the United States. Living Water staff are all nationals, uh, nationals in Sierra Leone and in Liberia. We do have um, expat leadership, uh, one uh, leader from Malawi and one from Zambia. And uh, our primary focus, as I mentioned previously, is water access, sanitation, and hygiene linked to the local church. And remarkably, the first uh, defense against Ebola is nothing more than clean water and soap. Um, soap kills Ebola. And the church is uniquely positioned to bring uh, community members' awareness of the disease up and to teach community members how to address uh, their own habits uh, to stop Ebola in its tracks. So, Mike, I, you know, as soon as the Ebola uh, news started to break and, and, you know, we're getting it on CNN and, and everything over here, I thought to myself, this is horrible, um, but what in the world can I possibly do about it? Here I am um, in, you know, the United States in the middle of the Midwest. Uh, what can I possibly do to help in this situation? So what, I mean... We got pastors listening to this who are clearly hearing about this issue and who, who want to make a difference uh, in the lives of these people that you're working with through Living Water, uh, but they might feel just kind of paralyzed by, I have the desire to do it, but I, I don't know what to do. So, you know, what are some like just real tangible things that a, that a pastor can do right now to help with this Ebola outbreak? Whether the pastors in, in the United States or the pastors in West Africa, I think the responses are very similar. Uh, awareness, um, prayer, and financial support. Interestingly, uh, while we've been hearing about Ebola in the United States beginning in the spring, I don't think any of us fully understood it, or even now may not fully understand it. The same situation exists with pastors in Liberia and Sierra Leone. I was speaking with our director, um, Hastings, from Sierra Leone this morning, and he said part of the reason Ebola has grown so exponentially in the last number of weeks is because initially uh, people didn't understand that Ebola was a virus, that um, Evo uh, Ebola was transmitted through bodily fluids, that they needed to change their cultural practices, how they greet one another, how they bury the dead, how they engage with one another socially and culturally um, to be able to slow down the spread of Ebola. I think the same is true in our own uh, churches around the United States to understand that Ebola is very real. It is a virus that uh, currently there's about 85, I'm sorry, 45 um, 
hundred uh, deaths associated with um, Ebola. But we believe that's an underreported number, that many uh, people impacted or affected by Ebola have been um, hidden, hidden for culturally uh, important reasons. People were afraid that if uh, Ebola was discovered in their midst, that they might be isolated, that they might be quarantined, and by isolation uh, centers or by being quarantined, they would in fact contract the disease. What I'm reading about today is that there's probably more like 20,000 cases of Ebola in Liberia and Sierra Leone. And when the CDC does its mathematical models, they anticipate that by January, unless there's very uh, um, precise and elevated intervention, we could have as many as 1.4 million cases of Ebola in these two countries, which will certainly impact the rest of Africa and uh, Europe and the United States. What was that first so, number that you that you threw out, that very first number? The first number um, of, of uh, deaths was uh, 4,200. 4,200, and you're thinking maybe five times that many have died or just have it right now? Five times that many have Ebola currently. They okay. anticipate about 21,000 have been infected. Uh, due to underreporting, we do not even see that. So we, we know that, they, that the president has sent over 3,000 troops. You know, what do you know about you know, what they're doing? What is the, kind of, what's the strategy behind sending over you know, our military people to help out with this? That's a very important question. I'm unclear, as are our uh, partners on the ground, our, our staff and our NGO partners, as to the specific strategy for those 3,000 military people. That will be very important to clarify that strategy. It's great news that yeah. we're um, dialing up attention and intervention, but to be successful, fighters need to um, apply those skills to address viruses rather than people. The mandate and the strategy will need to be clarified, and the relationships with the NGOs on the ground will have to be very strong. It is great news, but you're, I can't uh, answer your question. I'm unsure about the strategy. Yeah, yeah, and, you, and you're probably familiar with the fact that uh, the denomination that Johnny and I are a part of, the Christian Missionary Alliance, uh, just had uh, one of our workers over there who was murdered along with a couple other uh, local people because the the nationals thought that they were actually, in fact, spreading the disease instead of trying to educate from village to village. So uh, amongst the national people there, there's there's a lot of confusion and fear, I think, of uh, exactly what's going on. You're so right. I've, I've heard about the case. I've read about the case. It's tragic. And you're absolutely right that awareness needs to be built. Um, many people in uh, uh, Guyana, as well as Liberia and Sierra Leone, uh, believe that first Ebola uh, didn't exist, that it was a, a scheme to raise money. And then the, the next response was, well, it's, it's really not a medical condition. It's more of a traditional medicine issue, meaning witchcraft, that we need to address with traditional means. And the case that you're mentioning, that the tragic case of murder, was because the, the 
uh, rural community members believed that the soap itself was spreading Ebola rather than killing the virus. And so getting back to your your earlier question about uh, what can people do in churches in the United States is to build the awareness, uh, learn about what's going on the ground. We've got uh, tremendous uh, linkages to, to websites to stay current because there's a a huge issue now, but that issue will continue to grow. So pastors uh, need to speak to their members about uh, the real issues. And that's what's helping us within Sierra Leone and Liberia is pastors are trusted. People are still gathering within the context of their churches and learning about um, what Ebola is and how it can be defeated. The second is a a prayer response. This is uh, a huge crisis. It'll continue to grow, and people are afraid. People need hope. People need to understand that they're not alone. And this is always in in dark spiritual times. There's always an opportunity to uh, uh, pray, uh, to encourage one another that the Lord is in control, to uh, uh, invite others to participate in the battle. And the invitation, I think, can be uh, responded in a couple of ways. There's a medical intervention that requires skilled uh, medical technicians that have the appropriate um, equipment that can respond with boots on the ground. Now, that is... it's a calling, but it's not a calling for a lot of our listeners. At the same time, uh, Ebola, we can get out ahead of Ebola with awareness. We could uh, address water and sanitation challenges at the uh, isolation centers, the health centers, meaning drilling water wells um, where people are, are being cared for that have Ebola, um, buying buckets, distributing buckets to churches, distributing buckets to uh, community health centers, distributing buckets at the, at, at the household level, distributing chlorine. And the simple act of washing hands with buckets um, with clean water and chlorine stops Ebola. All right, Mike, we had a couple little technical difficulties there for a minute. We are, we are back in action, and I'm going to re-ask you a question, and your answer was so good the first time, I, I know that you can knock it out of the park again. But as, as pastors and as church members, I think uh, maybe those who are listening, and I know I personally am thinking, I would like to give some money, but I really want to make sure that it's going toward specific Ebola efforts. Um, how is it possible for me to give money that could specifically go toward uh, Ebola efforts, um, as you know, as opposed to just general giving? Well, you could certainly do that through uh, Living Water International. Uh, I'm certain other organizations, fine organizations, uh, also have set up you know a, a means in which to do that. For Living Water International, we have uh, on our website the specific Ebola response in Liberia and uh, Sierra Leone, and you can designate your gifts um, for that effort. Uh, At the beginning of the year, we had a plan. You know, our plan was to, you know, drill 65 wells, to rehabilitate uh, 66 wells, to teach um, sanitation and hygiene to 75 different uh, uh, sessions in multiple communities, 
and to engage uh, church leadership and leadership development and uh, teaching them um, how to effectively proclaim the gospel through oral means. You know, we started out with that as a vision. And when Ebola hit, we needed to continue that mission uh, because water and soap and hygiene practices are the first line of defense against Ebola. But also we needed to change our strategy. We needed to continue to drill, but shift the focus and the location of those water wells to health centers, to isolation centers, and other critical uh, treatment areas. We needed to shift our uh, uh, church empowerment and training efforts um, from human gatherings to radio, to uh, uh, printing posters, printing materials, and distributing those materials. Uh, we needed to begin to purchase buckets and shovels and chlorine and distribute those to the churches and to the health centers. And those specific interventions can be funded um, through uh, www.water.cc for the Ebola response in either Liberia or Sierra Leone. And we can continue our work with water uh, for life in Jesus' name. Now, Mike, uh, anybody who's been listening to the podcast uh, for a long time knows um, my oldest son, Joseph, was um, adopted from Nigeria. And so I've, I've been to West Africa twice. I've been to Nigeria. Um, and, I, and I started learning about this Ebola um, outbreak, and I just thought about, I just thought about Joseph, um, you know, in an orphanage, uh, just a just a child with no ability to to do anything for himself, and kind of just beholden to whatever's happening. Talk to us about the the imperative for pastors and Christians to take heed of this in light of Matthew twenty five. You know, in light of what Jesus taught us about caring for the least of these. What is it, what is the imperative that we have? What is it like there? Why? You know, explain to us just the importance of taking care of this issue and taking care of the people affected. Well, that's a great question, and you know, your personal experience in in Nigeria is a it's a rare experience. Um, I I spent a fair amount of time visiting um, West Africa and, and other uh, developing countries, and we are called to be a blessing. We have been greatly blessed, regardless of our, our our financial resources, our relative financial resources in the United States. We are extremely wealthy, uh, given world standards. Um, when you went to Nigeria, and, and as I've been to, uh, to Liberia and other places, the disparity between the developed countries and the developing countries is huge. Absolutely. What we're talking about are people drinking out of rivers and puddles. Uh, no money for two days of food, let alone three. We're talking about people that do not have uh, resources to combat the uh, impact of Ebola. Uh, in Liberia and Sierra Leone, community members are recovering in the last uh, 10 years from civil wars that lasted 10 years prior. There's huge uh, challenges, uh, tribal challenges, cultural challenges, economic infrastructure challenges. Let's just talk about the medical infrastructure. 
the medical infrastructure in West Africa and each of these countries was already woefully inadequate. And when Ebola hit, there is no longer any capacity to address the um, daily medical challenges of uh, safe birth or uh, uh, tuberculosis or let alone, you know, setting uh, broken bones or addressing, um, uh, you know, accidents. Ebola has completely swamped the medical infrastructure. Um, I was sharing a little earlier um, a prayer, uh, a praise uh, report um, from Sierra Leone. Many of our listeners would know that Sierra Leone was under a three-day quarantine. And the prayer, uh, the praise report was one of our community members had only enough money for two days of water and two days of food, which, which is, is um, just a cornmeal. And the, the praise report was, as she was praying the end of the second day and into the third day that the Lord would provide, the Lord did provide by sending rain. And she was able to capture enough rainwater to provide water for her family in day three. Uh, the disparity is huge. And as we have financial resources, as we have access to information and knowledge, sharing those resources with our Christian brothers and sisters and also through our Christian brothers and sisters and churches to be a positive influence in Muslim areas, in uh, traditional religious areas. Uh, this is an opportunity for Christians to be salt and light within the, their own contexts of West Africa. Hey, Mike, if we uh, went to water.cc and we had our debit card or our credit card, could we just go ahead like in you know five minutes and give you $20 pretty easily? You can. Um, I will uh, I will follow up after this call to to make sure that everything is functional, but I'm I'm certain it is. It should be quite easy to support uh, the Ebola crisis through that website with uh, a gift. And and so water.cc is Living Water International's website. Yes. Okay. And just a couple quick. This is the this is the uh, what do they call it? The, the lightning round. The lightning round. Um, you know, <laughs> okay. you, you, you're the CEO of the organization. I am. And you have been for how long? I've been uh, a CEO for four years. Okay. And how many, how many staff do you have around the world or partners that are working with you? We're just short of 300. We have uh, 297 uh, colleagues, staff around the world. Okay. And you're in how many locations? We operate in 23 countries uh, plus the United States. And what is the what is your annual what is your annual uh, budget look like for your organization? Our revenue and expense goal this year uh, is is twenty seven point three million dollars. That's a lot of money, Mike. That's a lot of money, but it that goes comes fast. from a lot of churches and a lot of individuals that really are just responding to God's call on their life. And you, uh, your primary, your primary uh, opportunity is to provide clean water in communities. That's your primary. Well, it's, it's a it's a shared mission. It's an integral mission. Our primary purpose is to help communities access water and okay. to experience the living water. Okay. So, uh, 
we see it as the demonstration and the proclamation of God's love. They're inseparable, those two um, mission activities. Absolutely. That's good. That's great. And let, let me just go back for a minute to what you were saying earlier. You talked about the infrastructure and how the medical and healthcare infrastructure has been pretty much overwhelmed with the Ebola outbreak. I saw recently uh, a, an in-depth news, re- news report on Liberia, and they were very fearful that the entire infrastructure of Liberia was simply going to crumble and, and implode on the, on the weight of this Ebola outbreak and, and the fact that all the gains that they've had since their civil war, all the gains in the last 10 years have been, have been eroded. And they're, they're very fearful of what's going to happen to the entire country. No, that's absolutely accurate. Um, the, uh, the gains, the infrastructure gains, the relational gains, um, the investment gains, they are eroding. Um, many of, of them have collapsed. And um, Ebola is swamping these countries today. When we were talking earlier about the... Uh, the reported and the potentially unreported cases, as the CDC's um, um, modeling uh, anticipates, Ebola could swamp multiple countries in the whole region in West Africa. But you're absolutely right that uh, they're very fragile economies, very fragile systems coming out of civil war and uh, limited investment and they definitely need our, our prayers and our intervention. Here's, here's something I think that maybe it's hard for people to understand, you know, because at first I hear, you know, people are raiding Ebola hospitals, saying there's no real Ebola, and they're raiding the hospital and taking, taking beds and things out of these hospitals, and, and people just can't believe, how is this happening? If you, if you don't trust your government, then why would you listen to your government when they tell you something? If you have no faith in the systems that have been cropped up around you, then, you know, why in the world would you listen to those things? So what you're talking about is you're talking about grassroots, on the ground, pastors, community leaders. And yes, you're working with governments too, but a lot of what I'm seeing uh, and hearing from you is that it's about pastors, it's about community leaders. We have a responsibility. I'm talking about we pastors, we Christians. We have a responsibility to take Ebola seriously, I think that we have a responsibility to help organizations like yours, Mike, and, and any organization that we can, and do what we can to help eliminate, eradicate, slow down whatever it is with Ebola, and, and not stand in judgment on people who have no faith or trust in systems that have failed them so many times, but instead to gather around them and say, hey, we are, like you said, Mike, we are the salt and the light, and we are here to help in the name of Jesus Christ. I couldn't say that any better. That's, uh, the church is on the front line. The church in Liberia, the church in Sierra Leone, people continue to go to church. They continue to trust their pastors. The lack of information, the lack of understanding about Ebola has allowed the virus to grow in dark places. People, as I mentioned earlier, thought that Ebola was a money-making scheme, that Ebola was the result of witchcraft. They were afraid to come forward with uh, infections in their families 
for their own health. They thought they would be put in isolation or quarantine and catch Ebola. That would be the death sentence. The pastors and the churches can and do effectively communicate the, um, the reality of Ebola. And ignorance remains. There is so much more awareness to be built and education to be built through the airwaves, through radio, through uh, uh, distribution of materials, through uh, networks of churches. And you're right, the exact same uh, situation exists within the United States that our own pastors and our own churches do not understand the current situation on the ground and the potential of even uh, greater negative impact in these countries and in the world. Now is the time for churches in West Africa and in America to raise their awareness, raise the urgency of our prayer, and raise uh, the resources that we need to take care of just basic issues of water sanitation and medical care. Mike, we know that you have been nonstop in recent weeks uh, uh, trying to get this message out, and we've had a hard time connecting with our schedules because of that. So we really appreciate uh, the information you've given us and the inspiration that you've given us today. And we're going to do what we can and do our part on this end to help to, uh, through prayer and through awareness and education, as well as through financial resources, to try to, to try to just up it just a little bit for living water for the things that you're doing. Well, Johnny and Jeff, I'm so grateful um, for what you're doing um, for those impacted by Ebola. I love what you're doing to get the word out and, and be a, a blessing to the, the smaller, shall we say, churches around the United States. Uh, thank you for uh, bearing with me uh, through these technical difficulties. I'm sure the Lord will continue to bless your efforts, and I look forward to seeing the impact that we can make um, in West Africa because of them. Thanks so much, Mike. We're so grateful to be able to talk to Mike. And if you are a pastor listening, uh, we're going to ask you to share this episode with your church family and encourage them. And, and, of course, we can't tell you what to do, but it would be wonderful to know that the pastors who listen to 200 churches, that we could encourage all of us to do what we can do. Share this with your church. Maybe maybe do a church fundraiser. Maybe see if you can get 100% involvement. Uh, you know, maybe collect it all at the church and then, and then go online and give it through their website at water.cc. Uh, whatever you can do, I'm going to encourage you to... Um, do what you can do to make a difference using Living Water International. I am personally going to give to this organization. I am going to encourage our church family to give, and so I ask you, our listeners, to also encourage your church families to give. You know, I think if you've never been to uh, West Africa, maybe the African continent at all, it's kind of hard to imagine what it's like there, what what the lifestyle is like for people. And we hear, you know... It's not just, you know, the access to clean water, but it's also like knowing about hygiene and access to showers and washing hands with clean water and things like that. Where I was in Nigeria, there was no, you know, there was no um, shortage of water that I could ever see, you know, it was faucets and plumbing. Um, but there was still uh, there was still so much disparity between rich and poor, between haves and have not. So many children living on the streets or in orphanages. And th- these are the people who are being affected. By Ebola. Now, that was Nigeria, but these other countries, I mean, they're in that same vicinity, and it's gone into Nigeria a little bit. I, like Jeff, am going to make a donation. 
I'm going to share this everywhere. We have some people in our church who are uh, actually just today talked to me about let's let's get passionate about doing something about this, and we're going to be doing some fundraising efforts. Look, give five dollars, ten dollars, twenty dollars. I get it. Everybody wants your money. Everybody does. But Living Water International, you just heard it from Mike, and he he's got me hook, line, and sinker on this. Um, this is the good news, and it, and it's what the people need. And so I'll get on there and give some money. Make that donation. It's five bucks. Like, don't buy a latte today. I'm serious. Just give something. Get on there and give something. It's worth your time. There are people who are who are dying. And I know that there's people dying everywhere and of all these things, and you can give your money. But this is right now. Okay, this is right now, right here. You listen to this podcast. You've made it to this point. So let this just be a call for you to give to Living Water International. Let's let's be the church and let's get out there and do something on the front lines of this Ebola epidemic. So thanks so much for listening to this episode. It was a little different, but it is so important. And uh, we'll see you next time on the 200 Churches Podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and challenged by this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. We'll be back next Wednesday to provide you with more ministry encouragement as you pastor your 200 church. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love your people.